1: At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in-store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject
0: to availability.
1: Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just
2: buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for
0: everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement. Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone.
1: Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of presenting special guest, Dominic Dom Brighton, an award-winning speaker and certified member with the John Maxwell team. Dom is the author of Going North, Tips and Techniques to Advance Yourself, Stay the Course, The Elite performer Seven Secret Keys to Sustainable Success, and Contributing Author for the book, Crappy to Happy, Sacred Stories of Transformational Joy, which was released last fall in 2020. Dom hosts the Going North Podcast, a top-rated self-help podcast that interviews authors from all over the world. Dom's mantra is, advance others to advance yourself. Dominic has appeared on many, media outlets such as Fox 45 News, Toastmasters International Magazine, and more. In addition to appearing on many media outlets, Dom has created his own podcast called Going North Podcast, which interviews authors from all over the world, and it's ranked in the top 10 of all self-help podcasts for the last three years in a row. Dom is also a member of Toastmasters International, and he's given dozens of inspirational talks and was awarded for his leadership in 2016 as an area director. Dom was the youngest area director in the region at the age of 23 and acquired the highest award the organization offers, the Distinguished Toastmaster. Whether it's humor, information, or inspiration, Dominic's here to deliver the goods. Reach out to him to learn more about unlocking your interview through book writing, coaching, and podcasting. It's a great pleasure I bring Dom to the show. Welcome to the show, Dom.
2: Woohoo! It's the psychic Jay Z, baby. Thanks for having me on, man.
1: <laughs> how do I know we are just gonna start laughing right away, like when we talk on the phone? <laughs> <laughs> Ages <laughs> laughter is a modality. We're able to take this and make it into an interview. But I have to ask you, how old are you right now?
2: Ah, oh, man, thirty. <laughs> I know it, it's not all as far from it, but it's like ah, oh, wow, I, I can't clear twenties no more. <laughs>
1: You've done a lot is what my point is. You're still very young. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And at 30, you've done more at thirty than what most people do in their eighties through the whole <laughs> life. I say. Not but I want to ask you what started you on this path in your journey? Cause it's a pretty amazing story.
2: Ah, thanks a bunch, man. Well, heck one of my favorite lessons in life, never hesitate to show gratitude. So thanks again for having me on your wonderful podcast, my friend. And, Like, my goodness, like how it all started for me, it really started in the magical womb. And then, of course, after jumping out the magical womb, (laughs) just basically grew up a bit as a church boy and enjoyed a little bit of school and then really didn't like school, to be honest. (laughs) I was a C student most of the time, especially since I went to a Christian private high school for, I'd say, around a good I'd say six out of my 12 grades growing up. So the first six were publics and the other six were in a private Christian school. And man, they gave me the beat down. Like 70% of your grades was how well you took tests. And in public school, they don't <laughs> prepare you for that. Their things like, hey, tests are always going to get you into college. And once you get into college, you have to survive these exams. So yeah, 70% of your grade is tests, 30% homework, quizzes, and everything else. I'm like, oh, God, wow. And on top of that, learning some good Bible stuff, too. So being a church boy paid off a bit, somewhat, in that regard, because it's like, hey, I'm already church boy. It's a Christian school. It's not like a full Catholic school where they got rulers. So, you know, I didn't get smacked up a bit with the rulers, thank God. But took some of the lessons there. Did you, you get part-time. lessons in guilt? Uh, yeah, definitely the guilt. Definitely a little bit? Get the lesson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, sinner saved by grace, all the good stuff from the Roman's road. (laughs) Without being an actual Roman. (laughs) Although, all hail Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, has a bad reference. (laughs) For anyone who knows wrestling out there. (laughs) People would think we'd be drinking something other than soda or water right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When you first got involved in Toastmasters, did
2: you think you'd rise the ranks the way you did? no oh, heck no far from it funny enough i joined toastmasters just to network with people and to find a speaker for a public speaking seminar that i volunteered to chairperson spirit for my church and let's see that was back in 2013 and joined it around officially october that year and I had until March 2014 to basically make it happen. And funny enough, after the seminar was a success, like I was leaving stuff on the table. Heck, even a powerful question folks can take home with them if they made it this far through a magical chocolate nonsense is how can I make sure that I don't leave any blessings on the table. And I was going to be leaving blessings on the table if I didn't continue with the journey. So I joined an additional club Heard an inspirational speech from a fellow millennial who was about two years my senior, even though he was still young. And seeing him in action inspired me to keep going. And everything that I gained through Toastmasters, the more I put in, the more I got out of it. And funny enough, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation today if I didn't stay with it. So there may be blessings on the table out there for folks to grab and to add to their life. And you have to just be open to receiving them and just take that intentional action to make it happen.
1: You know, I love to reward someone who follows their passion and makes it a livelihood because that's what that sounds like to me. It sounds like you followed your passion and you're making it your livelihood right now. And that's something we can admire because when you get to, I think it's really important to embrace passion, especially when we're going through these challenging times right now. When I talk to clients in the psychic context, one of the things I'll say if someone's like grieving is, you know, one of the things that helped get me through the last two years, my podcast, being creative, using it as an outlet for myself, a purpose connecting with people like yourself, having a good time on a Monday evening when otherwise I'd probably be watching TV or something else that probably isn't as much fun. But here's the point. Here's the point though. It's it's the opportunity, right? The opportunity to engage in dialogue and the opportunity to, to really express and communicate effectively. And that's what I think you're epitomizing right now, you're, you're doing. And I want to ask you, did you ever have a moment where you had stage fright giving a speech in front of a group of people?
2: Heck yeah, man. Like, that's the thing. Like, every master was once a disaster, and I love what you said there about embrace passion right there. Like, that should be like a new hashtag, embrace passion, because what you're passionate about is really where you're going to find the juice of life. And to be honest, when I give presentations now, like, if it's going to be in front of an audience, a live audience— and I don't have any nervous energy, then that's a bad sign that is going to suck. <laughs> <Because that's> <laughs> <us>. <laughs> or I came in cold cock, cocky and I suck bad.
0: And and what do you do?
2: Yeah. What do you do when it drops? Like a,
1: It's like being a stand-up, com- stand-up comic <laughs> and having no one laugh at your joke. Like, What do you do? Like, Do you shake like, it off? <laughs> You kind of exit quickly, abruptly to the right and don't look back and just run out the door. I mean, like, what do you how do you handle it?
2: Man, to be honest, like, I just keep going. Like, that's one of the major things with a lot of standard comedians do is like, if they don't find it funny. All right. In your mind, scratch it off and keep going. And they'll laugh eventually. It's kind of like, like my Jedi mind jokes. jokes.
1: That joke never happened. That joke never happened. You <laughs> wish you could do that sometimes. But right. you got <laughs> to face the reality. right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah man it's so darn true man just gotta take it polish it up for later heck even a lot of things that stand-up comedies do that was actually true for my life is that a lot of them it takes them a year to get a good solid 60 to 90 minute routine ready to go and when i look back in my own life there's a certain particular joke that i kept dropping that i thought would be funny that it took me a year to polish up and it was just interesting how basically switching the words around and adding a different spin to it because the the joke was, is like, hey, let me take it back to 2012, where we thought the world was going to end. Like, nah, like <laughs> you, <laughs> you would like, know what you're going to get into by 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. 2020 makes 2012 look like a piece of cake even more since we got Twinkies gone missing that year. <laughs> <Yeah>. You're right. <laughs> did
1: you ever think, and I'm just going to throw this out there, did you ever think in 2012 you'd get a headline on CNN
0: all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Footage.
1: I mean, and and it was like, it was like (laughs) dropping it, but not dropping it. Cause you rush to see what it's about. And then you're like, okay, I get more excitement watching a game. (laughs) Like that was not anything that would have given me any enjoyment beyond the, the clickbait of
2: it. And it was like, come on. So in 2012, would you ever imagine we'd have
1: headlines like that? I never did.
2: Heck no. And it's funny. There's like, hey, let's give them enough death on TV. So that way, when we drop this in there, sneak it in there real quick, they won't even notice. It'll be fine. (laughs) We can we can get that guilt off of our backs. (laughs) It's harsh. Right.
1: And you know what? I was thinking about this, too, though. In 2012, we didn't know that we'd be in a pandemic. We didn't know we'd deal with all these issues. Right. Social justice was still important back then, but now it's been amplified because it has to be. And then. Looking at where we are right now, I think one of the things that's at least a byproduct, that's a positive byproduct of all this, is the advent of podcasting, right? I mean, 2.6 million podcasts in the world. That's a lot of people who like to talk. <laughs> a lot of digital <laughs> content being shared on every every spectrum of humanity, right? Can you imagine being like a U- in a UFO above the earth and tuning into our dialogue through our podcasts? if they were to look at humanity through what the podcast seemed to be? and all the concepts that we share on our podcast interviews. And it'd be better than them judging us on something like MTV or something. But,
2: but nonetheless. Uh, MTV might be better than some of the crap us on name. <laughs> that's, the that's the sad part. That's true. Let me ask you this. How did you
1: get into writing your first book at an early age? Oh. I mean
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, funny enough. That actually started off as a dare. It actually started off as a dare. Or I should say that's when... It got really the that's when the match got put on the gasoline because the gasoline was already there, metaphorically speaking, because there was this activity in a book called The Magic of Getting What You Want by David Schwartz, the same author who wrote The Magic of Thinking Big. And in that book, you mentioned an activity of writing out your own obituary. And in that obituary, <laughs> I wrote that I was going to be a bestselling author of multiple books and when I did that, I was like, okay, cool. I don't know why I'm writing this down. I guess uh, I guess that guy inspired me from a couple years ago I met through Toastmasters and figured, hey, I guess I'll do that. But I thought it'd be something in my late 30s, maybe 40s. Little did I know that four months later after that activity, the first door to unlock <laughs> the keys to really getting in that wonderful Fulfillment activity was a wonderful lady who saw this wonderful reading list I was handing out to people called the 100 Books are Dynamic Living. Because I mean, business cards they end up in a trash, but a reading list they're like, "Oh, yo, you read this book? Oh, I like this one. Oh, okay." And what made this one even more special was the fact that she looked at the list, looked right back at me, looked at the list, looked right back at me, and asked me where the heck was my book on this list. And I'm like, uh, nah, I'm 20 freaking three. Like, what am I going to write about? <laughs> and she uh, even went up to me. She's like, hey, how about you yourself write a book in a year from today and get to put yourself on the list? And I'm like, uh, nah, my, list, my name's already on the list at the bottom, of my contact information, phone number, email. She's like, oh, no, no, no. We're talking about you being an author. And I'm like, nah, I think I'm good. And then she even made it even better. She's like, hey, uh, how about. I, too, write a book with you. We can both do it. Just imagine it. Your name lights, Dom Brightman, author. It'll be freaking fabulous. It'll be even shinier than your Zoom background. And I'm like, ah, no, I think I'm good. Even after she offered to join me in the wonderful activity of adventure, the writing adventure, and brushed it off, didn't settle on the deal. I was like, oh, you're too intense. I'm out of here. And then, lo and behold, getting to another- they are like, I'm 23. I'm not ready yet. I'm fear of commitment. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Commitment. I'm scared. I'm a dude. It's a, it's a random thing. It's like, Oh yeah, God's scared of commitment. Maybe like, okay, I'm scared of this commitment. Let me make a run for it.
1: I mean, and she's you to write a book with her. That's a little, that's a little passive first date. <laughs>
2: <Yeah.
1: just>
2: <laughs> it's like, Hey, you get in your corner, get in my timer. Let's go. <laughs> that's a great idea though.
1: Actually, I'm just teasing, but it's a great idea. What an amazing experience. So what happened next? How did you go from that part to becoming who you are now,
2: Mr. Author. Oh, dang, that's a good idea. That's probably an idea for the future. It's like, yeah, that's a hell of a first day. It's like we're gonna write books together. <laughs> and all two authors dating. That's funny. Anyways, but yeah, what happened next? A couple days later, went to a Toastmasters meeting, gave the speech version of the most efficient way to advance yourself, and I was required to give a Q&A at the end. And one of my buddies in the Toastmasters organization was like, Hey Dom, so when are you writing your book? <laughs> and i'm like motherfucker, <laughs> like that wasn't even part of the speech oh yeah talking about and i didn't want to look like a book so i'm like ah a year from today i'm gonna publish a book
1: <laughs> yeah and then i gotta make an observation you have a lot one, of creative energy a lot i'm to read your energy right now as we're talking your, your your background reflects accurately.
0: <laughs> All the energy shooting
1: out everywhere, and I don't see you stopping with books, and I don't see you stopping in podcasting. I think you're going to do a lot of creative ideas. Like tell our audience about your podcast and how you came up with the idea for it.
2: Sure thing. So, funny enough, the first ever book that got completed a year later became the name of my podcast, Going North, Tips and Techniques to Advance Yourself. Because that was my main response whenever someone asked me, hey, how's it going? I'm like, hey, it's going north. Like, hey, it's going up. (laughs) And... It got a couple of chuckles and it's kind of catchy, kind of clever. And I'm like, oh shoot, why not? And I decided to make it all about interviewing fellow authors to get their names out there and get their books out there because that was one of the major things that I love I that. Needed when I first <laughs> started out was like, hey, folks need a platform to get the voices heard and making putting the requirement of having published a book to be on the show is a way to niche myself in a way. And not to mention it forces people to level up because a couple of folks in my network became published authors during this whole book of boomer era of COVID and they got <laughs> on the show afterwards. So yeah, man, it's, it's really all about helping other authors get their voices out there while me learning from them in the process. Heck even one of late this morning, she mentioned how her podcast is a fountain of youth. So in a way, podcasting like this for you too, Jason, it's a fountain of youth uh, getting all this information.
1: I'm going to tell you, I, I always tell a story about how, like in 2008, I was working in Mississippi and I decided one night at a casino You know, when you start a sentence at the casino, it sounds like it's going to be some crazy story. It's not as crazy. I I went back to my hotel room, I was working up there for hurricane stuff. And I called a psychic, and the psychic told me, I was asking about my law practice. I just wanted to see, you know, I want him to tell me, oh, you're going to do great. And I think he's worked out. But the point is, he tells me that I'm going to be on the radio someday. And this is before I'm an open psychic. And I laughed at him. I literally hung up the phone and laughed at him because I was like, I've never went to training for that. I'm a lawyer. I'm in Mississippi right now doing Katrina work. I don't want to hear about a radio show. I don't care about that. And it was so funny because many years later, I still talk to this psychic. He's called Divine Visionary, but he predicted it so accurately, it scares me sometimes. So like- I mean, even though I'm a psychic myself and I pick up on stuff, like when other people do it in my life, it, it's like one of those moments, you know? So actually doing this right now, this has been therapy, you know, mental health awareness, having a podcast is a version of having your own therapy because you learn so much positive things. Like I'm learning from talking to you right now. And I feel like our energy feeds off each other, but I think you can just do so many positive things when you do podcasting. And we've met on Podmatch and that's like such an amazing platform itself, right? Right website platform. I'd call it a family, but I'd also call it like a grouping of people that are really getting to connect pretty quickly and well with each other. And so it's like the introductions. (laughs) But when you think about all the positive things that technology has enabled us to do in at least the last eight years, if you go back from 2012 to now as a comparison point, and you think about the fact that we could have our own broadcast studio in our living room, and with a couple hundred bucks, you can have your lighting and camera and microphone and look really cool and feel cool, even though you're really just sitting on your laptop and a, a table. And <laughs> it, it. Like, that's where 2.6 million people are, right? Either you have a fully fledged studio or you could do it also with do it yourself. But that's the beauty of it,
2: the flexibility of it, too. Where do you see the future of podcasts going for yourself and just in general? Man, well, the podcasting itself, it's pretty interesting. I'd say like... Funny enough, Clubhouse, which dropped out of nowhere last winter, which I can't believe it's been, man, almost 10 months, I think, maybe even longer since it's been out of flat over a year, like, that in itself. Yeah, Clubhouse, the app, like, that app actually is a way of podcasting, like, funny Can you explain that to our audience
1: in case they don't know what it is?
2: Oh, sure thing. So, Clubhouse, this magical app that was only on the Apple iOS platform on the iPhones for, like, so long. And a lot of folks, even myself included, like we got iPhones just to get on Clubhouse because a lot of folks are getting a lot of play on there. It's where it's like <laughs> it, there's a good and a bad side to it. The good side, connect with random people, especially if it's a small group of people. If you're only getting only Apple users, then you're only getting a certain amount of people. So it's more concentrated. And it's good you get to hear people speak and you're getting all this content and you're getting all this wonderful stuff. But on the other hand, some say it's basically government house because somewhere out there, someone might be recording those conversations and taking those ideas. So it's like ideas, sharing ideas, playing your game of telephone, party line, all, <laughs> all the good stuff. With everyone listening. <laughs> yeah, with everybody listening. And it's good stuff if you can take advantage of it, which is fabulous. I, I think it's great if you know well, know what to do with it but like just stuff like that, like more apps to make it a lot easier for folks to have their own wonderful podcast show to be able to get the stuff out there. I think things are just going to get even more agile with it. And to be honest, I like, that. like agile, I like, I like that. <laughs> yeah. That, that's really what it's all about. Cause that's what, that's what we're doing now, Jason, like zoom and all this other stuff, like, like blog talk radio, which you, I'm pretty sure you can still find a lot of your stuff on there. Like that was the major thing now, but there's like so many apps out there. So I think, Podcasts are going to continue to grow and expand and they're going to be, make it more agile to really consume information because a lot of folks are tired of really having propaganda spit at them all the time. When if you get to a certain point, you can choose which propaganda to receive. (laughs) You can create your own
1: material for people to understand you better at, right? You can have your own show. And then, I mean, it's a unique thing to have your own podcast that people actually listen to you and you have the courage to go out there and do it, but it's like, Uh you could also create your own ideas and put your own content out there through a creative process. And that's what I think underlies podcasting that we don't talk about too much on the surface, which is the value of creativity in the art of podcasting. Because anyone can grab a microphone, but if you don't have interesting stuff to talk about, I don't think many people want to listen to what you have to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can sleep that again. <laughs> you could do that anywhere you go. You could go to the bank, get stuck in line, listen to people talking to each other. It's not it's gonna entertain you. You want to have a purpose when you have a podcast. At least I would think you'd want to have some type of focus. Like yours is very novel and impressive that you have authors come on your
2: show. How many authors have you had to date on your podcast? Wow. Official count. It's somewhere in the higher 400s That it's probably like four. 94 maybe i'd say probably somewhere between 494 because funny enough I actually i kind of count these since it's like different names in a way but <laughs> during this month in particular when we're recording this my podcast was born officially on apple Podcasts on september 28th 2017 and to date like every september i try to do something special and this month in particular a wonderful lady linda sunshine west she's Spearheaded two co author projects. One's called Invisible No More, Invincible Forevermore, and the other one's called The Fearless Entrepreneurs. And I've interviewed a lot of ladies and a couple guys that have been a part of those projects. So those have really added to the numbers. So I'd say I'm somewhere, I'd say, about 400, probably 94 offices, maybe 500 if I'm Can I tell you, son? counting everybody.
1: <laughs> as you're talking to me, I pick up energy and I'll just intertwine this in our interview for a minute because it's coming out. So I might as well share it. You're, you're going to have a book in the future that's going to be based on the number of guests at a certain period of time that you uh, reach as a milestone. If it's a 1,000, if it's 1,500, <laughs> if it's 2,000, <laughs> it, I see you doing a book. <laughs> I see you doing a book with that in the number to catch the reader's attention or to, you know whatever it's going to be. And that's going to be one of your your, your next projects. I I see you as a prolific author in your career and speaker and presenter, and also having your own ideas in the future too, that you share more about yourself and your unique individual
2: perspectives and experiences in future works. Oh man, I receive the chocolate will be spread everywhere. I receive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Let me ask you this. When you got your Your first opportunity to write in your book what was the greatest obstacle you found to publishing wow first obstacle with book one i guess with that it to be honest like book one out of out of the two solo projects that i've had so far that are out there the first one was a lot more fun than the second one because the first one i wrote 14 pages of raw content Like, literally grabbed a notebook, started writing 14 pages of raw content, because right after that Toastmasters meeting where my friend called me out in the Q&A session when my speech had nothing to do with that question, uh, like, fear kicked in. I was like, man, let me just get started. Just started writing 14 pages of raw content, became the last chapter of the book, then went through hibernation period, then once January 2016 kicked in, I got in a disciplined schedule where every weekend I'd write towards the book. Not to say, like, probably... Probably myself as a whole was probably my biggest obstacle to getting it done. Because we can be our own worst enemies. Heck, I still remember this wonderful story <laughs> that's been in my mind a lot about this wonderful, <laughs> wonderful soldier, wonderful warrior named Gerfried, who basically was a powerful warrior. And every time he had a weapon and he would swing it, especially if it was a sword, the earth would shake. And because of his power that he feared, he decided to put himself in a special suit of armor where it would contain his power. And every time he would use a sword, it would basically break. So that way, the earth wouldn't shake. And after breaking through that armor, realizing that he had that power, he realized that, oh, I'm a sword master now, once again. And just (laughs) that was the thing, just being scared of own power self-doubt of course the comparison gap slash trap i was like what the hell am i going to write about a 23 even though i <laughs> went through a car wrecks and all this other stuff always other people got books out there and really one of the major things that helped me to get through it was realizing even though heck i forgot the exact scripture but it was in one of the gospels where jesus talked to peter where he mentioned that he will do greater work than he himself jesus and the thing is like even though some of the things you may read in my book may not be exactly different but it may be said in the way that may hit you at that particular moment because we all have different voices like you your, you if your podcast Jason like there's someone that you're going to reach that someone else may not be able to reach the guests on your show we, funny enough if you look at both of our rosters we probably share <laughs> at least 30 names that have been on of our podcasts and we've gotten gold out of each and every single one of them. That may have taken them to the next level to find something new. And the person listening may be like, wow, I heard him on Jason's show and heard him on Tom's <laughs> show. It was like, man, they got so much to offer. Let me hire them on for business. And it's just stuff like that where you realize, hey, even though there's nothing totally quote unquote new on earth in terms of ideas and things like that, especially with self-help, you may say it in the right way to unlock that key that someone's been needing to That's- be unlocked for a long time.
1: Being a messenger of a particular message that might be there in book, in print, you learn it, you study it, but the way that you can deliver it in a factual way that resonates with people in relative ease, that's special. And having the ability to do that, special. I feel like you're good at that. You're good at explaining things with relative ease to people.
2: <laughs> oh, well, thank you. That's right.
1: The yeah. ease. <laughs> Let me ask you this. What is your favorite thing about podcasting that you haven't shared with anyone before?
2: <laughs> that last part of the question. That was a darn good one, man. Ah, so that means I can't say personal growth. Cause that's the easy answer. <laughs> wow. That's a damn good question that I haven't shared before. Well, it's kind of hard because I guess the conversations that take place before and after with certain guests, because, uh, one guest in particular, heck, even in recent history, Allison, J.K., Dr. Allison. Yeah, so every kiss begins with K. Well, in her case, since she's Dr. Bliss, every moment of bliss begins with Dr. K. But anyways, yeah, like, we we basically chatted for like a good half an hour before I even pressed the record button, which was crazy. And then if I didn't have a Toastmasters meeting, we could have easily talked for three hours, funny enough. Like, we could have easily <laughs> talked for three So I'd, I'd have to say it's probably... The before and after conversation. Sometimes during the conversations, they may drop something that they may not have dropped before, depending on what they dropped. If it's something real personal, like one guest in particular, not the same guest. She mentioned how she probably wouldn't have her kids <laughs> if she was 25 again. And wow. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take that part out the interview. <laughs> Another nah. reason why I don't do live shows, because <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't want our kids finding this. So I'm like, let me take that part out of the interview. So it's just the conversation's getting just really building rapport with folks and just the aftermath of it. So I, I'd say that's that's definitely probably one of the funnest parts, like the before and after. Of course, during is fun too, but sometimes it's like, oh, you see that record sign and then it's like when it goes off, it's like, "All right, we could be somewhat normal again. We don't have to be on on." Let's just share the facts here, though. When you called me, we had our caller. I called you. We talked
1: initially about a couple of weeks ago just to talk. We talked for an hour, and I think we laughed more than we spoke. And yeah, I we thought- did. We <laughs> did. That's such a unique <laughs> dynamic for me because I need that kind of laugh- laughing medication, right? It's like a laughing meditation, too, but it's an ability to smile more. And I feel like the act of laughing is actually something that we can really deeply appreciate because the humor involved and the connecting when we did that. I feel like set the tone for our episode today. I want to ask you this. What's been the the most challenging question you had to ask somebody during one of your interviews?
2: Wow. The most challenging question. Wow. Okay. In the moment she was good about it, I'm not sure how it was in her deep conversations, but this episode isn't out yet, at least at the time of this recording. But Darcy Loma, she's a fabulous lady with a wonderful book called Thoughtfully Fit. And her intention for the year was fun, so my intention was, hey, well, she wants to be fun, so I'm just gonna give her a wonderful intro where it's ultra embellished, where she like travel the world and basically had tag team wrestling matches with penguins and was basically punching dry ice to get the guns that she has, since so she does she's a triathlete, and she actually had a very horrendous situation happen in her life where her husband at the time was actually arrested because he basically sexually assaulted a minor okay. and being in jail. And apparently he's going to be in jail for 10 years. And I'd say he has about a good four years left with the sentence. I'm not mistaken. Um, and I'm like, Hey, so any thoughts on the future on what you think might happen in the four years when he gets out? <laughs> so that question in particular, like, cause that one came out of like, I, I noted that, but she mentioned because I always ask like my one of my favorite questions to ask folks in the middle of the interview is is there a question that you wish folks would ask you more often that you don't receive a lot when you're on the guest side of the game on podcasts and she's like oh yeah I wish more people ask about the ask me about the family situation and I'm like okay all right cool well here you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was cool it was cool that yeah because um she mentioned now she really doesn't think too much about that and she was really cool about it so yeah. Yeah, it was pretty solid. I, I forgot the exact answer because it's been my god thirty interviews since then. But yeah, <laughs> I'll ask you this, even though
1: I'm sure. Ha, ha, have you received email from listeners where they give you feedback, and you just feel really like amazed by like people that compliment the show or give you back? feedback on your content. I, I, I've had that happen. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just the most pick me up. It's like such a great feeling. Cause it gives you a purpose. Like I imagine all the time we're talking, I'm thinking audience of us. Like I don't think about the fact that people actually listen to what we, we're talking about right now, but, and then when you get that feedback, it's, it's a positive, you know, and it makes you feel like you're, you're at least doing something more than just within yourself. And you can say that again, what advice would <laughs> you give to an introvert who wants to be more confident?
2: for introverts there's a book out there that defines what introverts have it's called the introvert advantage have i read the book no but i just like the title (laughs) introverts have an advantage because introverts we tend to listen more before we display what we can truly do and we like to have deep conversations as opposed to small talk now granted i'm more of an ambivert which i've discovered over these past few years thanks to the whole transformation process i do better with smaller crowds and even though I do like the adrenaline rush of a big audience don't get me wrong I I, I love the public speaking and everything like I have a bit of an ego there I will admit but also the introvert side of me is like okay more of the listener the quiet patient listener the quiet patient guy and just focusing on coming from a place of service like an introvert going to a networking event like go in with the advancing man philosophy of a trying to help someone else and being of service and seeing I can help someone else asking someone hey what's been going good for you lately hey what's been going bad for you lately hey what are you most excited about in the next three to six months and then just focusing on the jewels the good jewels of what you can get out of somebody and what you can do to help them out because if you go for a place of service and you listen more than you speak which a lot of us naturally do anyway then that'll help take you over the edge. And also just knowing your why, knowing your purpose. Like if you are an introvert, but if you have a sexy chocolate voice like me, then the world won't be, it, it'll be a lot better if you speak. It'll be a lot better if you speak. So tapping into your why. It may not be you with the wonderful voice or something else like finding your gift. Heck, even earlier, hashtag embrace passion, like embrace your inner passion. Whatever makes you passionate do that. Get around other people that are doing that. Heck, even joining Toastmasters. I like to call it a leadership sandbox as well as a nice low impact networking environment for introverts because a lot of people in Toastmasters, they want to help each other become better and they want to become better. So if you're in an environment where personal growth is the main mission, then that's the place to be.
1: I love the topic of personal growth, by the way. It's a catchy two words, but when you really think about personal growth and what people can do with it in terms of self-empowerment and being able to challenge themselves to go outside of their comfort zone, perfect example, you being ambivert and growing yourself from where you were previously an introvert to becoming a podcaster. When you went through that transformation process, what do you think was the most unexpected aspect of your transformation that you appreciate now that you didn't expect at the time?
2: Like I hate bringing it up because I bring it up on a lot of podcasts. But to say it was my twenty first birthday because the thing is, like that day I thought I was going to go to class that day for IT security and I thought I'd be fine. But little did I know I was going to (laughs) freaking make a left turn and then my brake would jam. My darn car would crash into the freaking curb, and I end up backing up traffic for a good ninety minutes. Like (laughs) that—that was really probably one of the most unexpected moments because really that was one of the things. That was really brick by brick building up to the moment where I really found personal growth and got a little more serious about life. Because, I mean, looking back, that was one of the greatest birthday gifts I've received in my life because it helped me to really get more serious and realize that, hey, I got a gift to share and I got to become better. And what way to become better by finding your own acres of diamonds where you are, the gold beneath your feet where you are and sing what riches that you have already within yourself, and then tap into those. Like me in particular, my own acres of diamonds was my job at the library that was a part-time job where I was around books. But the thing was, I hated reading because of the fact that the books that they give you growing up, they make you hate reading. You see a <laughs> textbook, like, oh, God, I don't want to freaking read ever again. Like like you yourself, Jason, like a man past the bar. Like I'm sure a lot of stuff that you read in the past, you're like, I don't want to read any of that crap again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll with you about that. When you study for a bar, because I did several, obviously, So I'm in five states, I waived the only one, but you you do a dumping process after you take that test and you study it for two months straight and you just learn the law of that state. And then, and you literally go from two weeks after that. I remember I'd be in the middle of a conversation. I'd throw some black letter law in the middle of something without even realizing it because I had studied so much. It's just right there for recall. So I'd be sitting at the like, at a diner with a friend, and we'd be sitting there, and then someone would drop a napkin on the floor. And I'd be like, Oh, that's a tort waiting to happen. We might want to help pick that up so that the person right there won't fall and we negligence. And I go through this whole litany of them. My friend, I thought we were going to talk about podcasting. <laughs> so, yeah, going back to that, the bar exam can be a rather traumatic experience, but you got to learn how to within the right boundaries. Like, take a vacation after you take the bar. That's recommended.
2: <laughs> yeah, clear mind. Get your mind off of it.
1: <laughs> I, I want to ask you about this. So, you worked at a library, and that's amazing because I think libraries are like our reservoirs of knowledge historically. If you think about ancient libraries and then just in general, I think that they're a treasure trove for us. I want to ask you. What's your opinion on Do you believe that libraries will continue long into the future, even as we enter more of the digital age?
2: Oh, heck yeah, man. Because the reason why, like, heck, even classic library in Baltimore, Maryland, heck, even I say Virginia Beach and a lot of folks in the East Coast, a lot of public libraries. We had to pivot during the darn pandemic. A lot of us, because the thing is, I still have a day job as a librarian. So, you know, this is my passion of speaking and all the other good stuff. But I still have a day job, too. So that's a little reminder to the folks listening. Like, hey, this sexy chocolate dentist has a day job, too. So don't quit your day job. (laughs) Stay. Make sure you keep it here. We all have day
1: jobs, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's like, yeah. And with that pandemic, when it first hit, We were like, oh, crap, what the hell are we going to do? And then after they let us keep our jobs, we had to pivot. We had to do more virtual story times. And with our buildings, we expanded the Wi-Fi to reach the parking lots of each and every single one of our buildings. So if someone had a laptop, but they didn't have internet at home, they could drive or walk up to the library, use the internet on the parking lots while the building was locked down. And when we opened up in the summer for curbside pickup, which is another thing we had to learn from other organizations where folks can pick up books, materials, and other good stuff, is the fact that we became stomping grounds. We became drop-off points for meal services. So a lot of kids, hungry kids out there, especially inner cities, that would be the only time they would get a meal, Some a lot of the kids. And the thing was, they were missing that. So we basically were using certain libraries about a good 10 out of the 19 in a certain part of the maryland area to hand out free meals to kids in the and that That's way they funny. wouldn't starve so yeah libraries are going to be around for a long freaking time like information sanctuaries reservoirs of knowledge yes But also community hubs and spaces for folks to get some work done and to really tap into their community. Because the thing is, a lot of public libraries are really now gearing towards being community service because that's what the library is. It's a servant to the community.
1: I love that. I love the fact that you were just able to raise that perspective because I think it's so important to appreciate and recognize that our libraries are so important for us and so critical. And that's a good point, like providing community resources through libraries, as a hub, as a meeting place, as an opportunity for someone that may not have a computer to use their cell phone or internet access to go up to the library parking lot all all hours of the night, not worried about whether or not the buildings are physically open or available during the pandemic. That's noble. I like that a lot. And providing meals to needy children, that's beautiful. Let me ask you this. When you look at your future (laughs) five years from now,
2: where do you see yourself? <laughs> uh, I always have mixed feelings about that question. Is <laughs> <laughs>
1: that one of the ones that just dropped?
0: <laughs> no, it's
2: not that it dropped. It's just that, like, when it comes to like basically envisioning things, it's like it's never been like one of my strongest areas. I've been we'll working on this good me a, I stuff.
1: Could, I could custom tailor it for a second. I'll just say that <laughs> in five years, I see you with three three more books. I see you very satisfied with what you're doing, and I think you're going to wind
2: up having rental properties.
1: But that's just me. Looking at so I can answer that for you if you want me to.
2: Uh, am I gonna get a big invoice later? <laughs> oh, <yeah.
1: laughs> Energy's energy. It's all around you. It's like in your background. It's actually like what I see off you is coming
2: off you in reality from your background. But <laughs> 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 well, I'm all for it. Yeah, because this uh, next book. It's been it's been it it's been interesting. We'll we'll see. That's the drawback of being a creative. It's like you have so many ideas. It's like you just gotta buckle down and focus on one so yeah talk okay. about the distinguished toastmaster i want you to get a little more detail with that how you got it
1: and what it requires and just how was this experience for you because i obviously it's a it's a foundational thing that really helped you itself and
2: so yeah yeah man like thanks for that question indeed another reason why dtm stays at the end of my name so i can have some alphabet soup too you know alphabet soup name letters gotta love it Now, but seriously though distinguished toastmaster for those that don't know The organization Toastmasters, join Toastmasters if you want to become better in life, join Toastmasters if you want to at least have an opportunity to have a laboratory to practice some of your content. Because folks from different levels, they attend a Toastmasters meeting to practice either practice new content or get over the fear of public speaking and become better at it. And those that are distinguished Toastmasters, there's probably out of maybe, I'd say, uh, like, I'm not even sure how many... Because it was like 300,000 Toastmasters across the globe, maybe, like a few years ago. I'm not sure what the exact number is now. 300,000. lot a good... Got a 5% of them, they're Distinguished Toastmasters, and what's entailed for this is at least a good 45 speeches, and a lot of them, at least two of them, have to be projects we have to lead a group to attain a goal, and actually one of my goals was to become a best-selling author a couple of years ago, so I recruited some Toastmasters to help me with that. Also holding a volunteer leadership role where you oversee a certain amount of groups. And I did that three times. <laughs> the first two, because I, well, the first time is because it was a great opportunity. Second time, because I loved it and did good. And the third time was to help out a friend. Um, The third time wasn't as good as it should have been, but the second one was great. The first time, that was probably the funnest one because I was wet behind the ears didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I was just jumping into it, but just... Really just respect, integrity, service, and excellence rise. Like, that's really what the DTM is all about. Showing respect to others and to yourself by making sure that you do some great work and that you put yourself out there. The integrity, making sure you do the best that you can and help out as many people as you can. It's also with the service, too. Even if you don't know exactly what you're doing, at least find the person who knows the answer. Because Toastmasters will help you realize that even though a one-man show is romantic and it may feel good, you get to say, hey, I'm the self-made this. No one's truly self-made because it takes teamwork to get to that DTM. And excellence, always getting better at what you do. Because today's excellence will not be tomorrow's excellence because it's always going to be comparing yourself to the past self and realizing that, hey, you got to realize, like, today you may feel great, but you're going to feel even greater tomorrow if you keep doing the work.
1: I'm impressed. (laughs) Hearing you explain DTM is like, wow, like that's very impressive. And I I congratulate you on achieving that in your life. It sounds like it's really opening some opportunities and giving you perspective and insight in such ways that only you have that kind of perspective right now because you've achieved your accomplishments and accolades to date so far.
2: Uh, Tell us about your mantra. Uh, yes, but the mantra, yeah, that's right, the mantra, that's right, have a Buddha belly, y'all, that's right, that's not the mantra, don't worry, that's not the mantra, (laughs) have a Buddha belly, yeah, (laughs) no, that's not the mantra, but the real mantra is advance others to advance yourself, the late great legendary Zig Ziglar mentioned that if you help enough people get what they want, you will eventually get what you want. In the magical book, The Science of Getting Rich, it mentions the advancing man philosophy, I believe somewhere between chapters 7 through 9, where you go into a place of business with the mind of helping others. Not having your business in mind, but helping others in mind. And combining those two philosophies, I realized, you know what? If you advance enough people on Earth, you'll eventually advance yourself in the process. And... This conversation we're having today, this conversation we're having today is because I've advanced so many people by creating a platform for folks to get their voices heard and making it not about myself all the time. Because service is one of the greatest things you can do for yourself, service to others. Because if you serve your fellow human, we can be a lot better and not (laughs) butter.
1: I love the fact that you brought up service because it's so important and critical to me. I think I just started having some community service organizations featured on my show. So I think that that's something that's, It's 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 so important to showcase and highlight people who are getting involved in the community and giving back and connecting people and helping and making a difference and that's why I think it's just I feel like you're you're really a good part of that with what you're trying to do.
2: Tell us about Crappy to Happy. Oh yes, indeed. Crappy to Happy, sacred stores of transformational joy. Yes, indeed. This wonderful book is a co-author project spearheaded by two wonderful ladies, Reverend Ariel Patricia and. Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis, <laughs> two lovely ladies, uh, Kat, she's a radio show host as well, hosts a wonderful show all about dreams. She calls herself the Dream Queen because she had a powerful dream how some Franciscan monks handed her a sutra telling her that she had breast cancer, even after the doctors told her that she didn't have breast cancer, and after that dream, she was so adamant that she had it after hearing that dream where they told her, like, hey, you have breast cancer here, like you should get this checked out. She refused to leave the medical facility until they tested her. And when they tested her, she had breast cancer. And she is still alive today because that dream saved her life. And Ariel wow. Patricia partner in crime with it. She's actually a retired US sergeant in the Marines, a female Marine. And what I love about her, she's also a fellow September baby as well. So <laughs> she's also a freaking Awesome. And they have another book after this called Mayhem to Miracles coming out this October. But Crappy to Happy, it's 29 authors sharing wonderful stories, real-life stories about things that have happened to them in their life. Me, myself, my story in the book is the year of 2012, my little wonderful year of discovering personal growth and realizing that growth is indeed happiness. And some other stories, indeed, like one nurse in particular, Diane Victory, is an RN. She uh, shared a story about giving some... Sad news to the parents that their child caught COVID all the way to a lady who went through a category, it was either category four or five divorce with a crazy narcissistic husband who freaking (laughs) took her own old elderly mother to court. (laughs) And turns out her son was also GBT and had a little transitional phase and became I guess I'm um, she now, if I'm if I'm getting that properly, sure. and so just stories like that, just dealing with things that have been hidden from you, like giving bad news to people. Heck, even. <laughs> A story of a little healing moment that wasn't really a healing moment. It was just, a, oh, I forgot to take out my contact moment. Just stories to make you laugh, stories to make you cry and help you to realize that, hey, I'm not the only one going through some trouble here. There's some other folks going through trouble, but they're able to turn their crappy moments into happy moments. I love the theme of it. I
1: think to have the opportunity of sharing and showcasing all those various ideas is great. It sounds like a really interesting book, and I recommend our audience check it out for sure. Tell our audience how they can connect with you directly.
2: Uh, yes, for those who want to contact with the wonderful punster who graduated from Pun State University, Mr. Dom Brightman himself, head over to dombrightman.com. That's right, dombrightman.com, and there's even a free gift for listeners too: the Twenty-One Lessons Learned from. Well, I got to update the title now. Three plus years of podcasting. If you want 21 Lessons to help grow, manage, and start your podcast, pick that up, too, where you get to have that wonderful ebook, and you get, to, uh, get some monthly inspiration from yours truly with the whole email thing, because social media is great, but social media can be evil because uh they don't let all of your contacts see your stuff. So, yeah, if you want to jump on the email list, keep up with what uh, yours truly is doing, then, yeah, head over to dombreitman.com. Have you ever considered doing voiceover? <laughs> I need to get more serious about it. I didn't audiobook. I know anybody. I, mean, like,
1: <laughs> I have never had anyone deliver their own pitch in such a way that you feel like you're about to like go on a ride. <laughs> <As> a <busy laughs> down, like I'm buckling up right now. We're about to take off. Pretty pretty exciting. Pretty great stuff, man. Great stuff. Let me ask you this if you were a spirit animal, which spirit animal would you be
2: and why? Ah, uh, yeah. Darn. I had the an answer prepared for this question, too, and I forgot it already. <laughs> That's the funny part about it. What spirit animal would I freaking be? You know what? <laughs> I think my spirit animal would be a camel. Because the thing is, hump day, I love you saying happy hump day because it's a wonderful joke, so I get to play on the Tiptoe on the edge of some NFSW stuff with my colleagues, just mess with them. you are like, Yeah, happy hump day, happy camel appreciation day. But also, the fact that camels store water and they can help you get across the desert. And the thing is, I like that. if I get to help people cross the desert of their life through their valley moments and they can get some hydration through that thing afterwards, then hey, I think I'll be a camel. Like, give folks some traveling miles through the desert and store some water in these wonderful humps. I can see how you're a DTM.
1: <laughs> Just the way you answered that in such a way that you can tell you've had extensive training with presenting. It's great. I love it. Though. I have to compliment you because I've never had anyone on the show who's been able to do their pitches in such a way that I'm like, okay, I'm going to take pitch number two, because that's awesome. I want, that. <laughs> I want that voiceover for my intro next
2: time. You got it, man. You just got to set up a Fiverr account. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, but you just stop being lazy about that. <laughs> I want to thank you for coming on the
1: show, because it's such an amazing gift to have you share your accolades with us. I call them accolades, because I'm just like, I know you're not anywhere to be stopping. You're just starting up, and you're Going to be doing a lot of things. And I wouldn't be surprised if you're not back on the show in the future talking about one of your other books that's coming out. Like when you hit that benchmark milestone that I pick up, or you're going to have something else that you're writing and preparing and doing. And those are words I get with your energy, preparing, writing, doing. What you've accomplished already is just indicator of if you were to take like half of an image and you look at the half of the image only, but then you realize there's so much more still to develop. That's what I see when I'm talking to you today. Just half of your image, so much more to come in, so much more to we get to see, so much more out there that you're going to create. So that's exciting. I just want to thank Don Brightman for coming on the show today, DTM. He's earned that title. And I just really think it's such a treat to have somebody come on the show whose mantra is advance others to advance yourself. When I cherish selflessness. I think it's so important where we are right now to take stock of things. And to really look at life in such a way where you know it's fleeting. We all know that our time on this planet's not infinite. It's it's definitely within a prescribed period of time. And one of the things I got from our interview today, and I always learn amazing things from people like Dom coming on, but the idea of writing out your own obituary, the idea of actually thinking what your life would, what you'd want your life to say, your obituary, what you'd want to leave as a a lasting impression with all those you love in your life. And I think that that's just an amazing idea because. We should think more that way. We should pay it forward. We should work to try to think of ourselves as a camel to guide people through their ups and downs and through the desert. And if we had more people like that working together in unison on our planet, we wouldn't have a lot of our issues that we're going through right now. And I'm so appreciative of Don coming on. I will have all his information in the show notes. I recommend everybody in the audience, check him out. He's an amazing individual, not just because he can make me laugh, but because he can inspire me. And I hope he inspires you the way he's inspired me Stay positive. Check out this episode. Check out Dom. Go to his website. Check out his books. You'll be happy you did. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Until next time, stay positive when you're positive. Anything's possible.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of The Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for
1: you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check
0: us out on Facebook and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms and know that the universe is always yours to explore.
2: My IG, which is Ozzy underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electronic.